Peace and prosperity is my first salute to you. I'm Merton Clark, and welcome to the Word of Truth Revealed podcast. It is my desire to build you up, to increase your spiritual stamina and tenacity, to empower effectiveness and help you discover your purpose. Enjoy this vibrant and dynamic message. I read to you out of Philippians chapter 4, verse 16 through 19. And my God shall supply, shall meet, shall meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ. That means when I talk about he has allocated, he has earmarked enough for every need. It means he set aside the supply for you. He has allocated the supply that you need to meet it. He has reserved an ample amount for what you need or what you're going through. Every need will be met in Jesus' name. I said every need will be met in Jesus' name. Every single one of us that has a need, not all desires are met. But he will supply all of your need. He will meet all of your need needs according to his riches and glory. The real need for every man is Jesus Christ and him crucified. But God is concerned about those intangibles. Those things that aren't labeled. Those things that weigh heavy on your heart. So what do people need to reach their full potential? What does a person need to reach their full potential? I would encourage you to come back at 11 because I'm following up with this, uh, with another message, a sequel to what I'm saying today, and they both will tie together. And for those of you that are on the Internet, I thank you for sharing on Facebook this live, liking it, and I need you all to get active while you're listening to the word of God. I need you to wave your hands on Facebook Live. I need you to click some love marks and some hallelujahs and make me know you're listening to the word. And I need those of you that are in here to say amen. amen. What do people need to reach their full potential and thrive? I've asked myself this question uh, for years. Because I believe many of us around 30 or 40% of our potential in terms of manifestation. That's an indictment, right? 30 or 40% of what you can be is manifesting. God never designed for you and I to manifest without him. So a lot of the, the distance between our potential and the manifestation of that is our, our lack of connecting with God. We connect with people, we connect with groups, we connect with stuff, but we refuse. Sometimes we're reluctant to connect with God, to connect with this system in the earth, to get a word from the Lord every week so you can direct your path. In the case of someone experiencing homelessness, they first need to have their most basic human needs met before you give them their desires. If we can't meet their basic human needs, then we're going to waste time with these people. 
And there's a lot of people say, for instance, if you need shoes, they're trying to give you a crown. But you don't need a crown right now. You need shoes. And one of the keys to this season is, is meeting the need in the lives of hurting people. Assessing a situation, whether it is a spouse, a family member, a daughter or son. Assessing the situation and tailoring your supply with the need. Not with the desire. Or with what you think. A lot of times, even when we're dealing with people who are getting saved, as soon as they start crying, many believers want to comfort them when they cry. To put their arm around. It's going to be okay. Don't cry. The person is trying to repent. And what you're actually doing when you get involved, you're blocking the move of God in their life. They really won't come out of that circumstance until they start dealing with God right. But in our humanness, we're trying to stop them from crying, passing them tissue. That's why I say sometimes, don't give them any tissue right now. Let the girl cry. She's repenting. So we don't want to interfere with that. I understand this truth. It's essential. I think the fundamental human needs are key to success in life. Meeting the, the fundamental human needs. Uh, is key to being successful in our world today. Understanding those needs empowers us to be more of a supplier, more acute in how we release the supply. You can become the greatest person ever if a person can meet your needs. And if you ever want to become a millionaire, learn how to meet the need in the lives of people. If you can meet a need, you'll see wealth coming. If you can meet a need now, you can see wealth come. If you want to influence or empower uh, persons or groups or systems in the world, or if you want to see justice enacted, you must meet a need. You have to see where there's injustice and you have to serve justice. Again, I believe God wants us to meet fundamental needs. And I'm going to share some things with you today about fundamental needs. Again, in the church, what we do is a lot of times is try to give people crowns when they need shoes. We're trying to crown them. You're good. Everything is going to be all right. Oh, I see something powerful in you, which is good. That's affirmation. But what about let's put shoes on your feet. You've been walking barefoot. You're going to get glass there. If you don't have feeling, you may get infected. So let's take care of some fundamental needs as we serve. Write it down. We all have needs, men and women. All human needs have, all human beings have certain basic needs. First of all, we all need food. We all need water. We all need air. Here's another one. We all need a shelter and we all need uh, a shelter for survival. So let's look at it again. We need food. We need water. We need air and we need shelter. This is what every father and every mother tries to provide for their children. If you're not doing that, you're not meeting the need. The more kids have to move from one spot to the next, the more unstable they'll be. And the lower your credit score will go. So if you want to be a top-notch 
parent, a top-notch community person, a top-notch person in your church. You got to stop moving a lot. You got to be able to buckle it down. And you got to be able to meet some basic needs, right? Everybody's going to eat if you're in this house. Everybody's going to have some water if you're in this house. We're going to have air, not just physical air, but we're not going to pack you down where you can't even breathe with a bunch of jargon. You have to have oxygen. Uh, oxygen is reduced when there's arguments in the house. So we need the air to be clean. <laughs> we need the air to be clean and we need shelter. We got to pay our house payment. Before you go to the store, pay your house payment. Before you buy a car, pay your house payment. Amen. You don't have a Mercedes Benz and you're living in the project. We got stuff backwards here, and that's why we need fathers to lay it down to start telling our people what's going on. Before you get tattoos, pay your payments. <laughs> Before you buy gunji, make sure you pay your payments so you don't have to go to the church. Go to the church. Listen, people who ruin their monies with gunji want to come to the church and take a portion of the tithe. I just can't believe they didn't help me. But what did you do with your money? That's none of your business. Then get lost. It is not my job to take care of your need. God will supply it. Especially if you're smoking it up. <sighs> Who told you that? Who told you God is supposed to take care of your stuff after you smoke it up? <sighs> not God. And that's why he's raised up leaders, strong leaders, to be able to rebuke that spirit and tell people to get yourself together because it's your job to take care of your house payment. And if you got kids, you're supposed to take care of it. You supply their needs. That's what it means. Glory to God. I remember many days I wanted to quit my job. But I had a little boy. I had a little boy. I can't quit. How can I quit? I got a little boy. He's looking for me to bring something home, a grocery bag. <laughs> oh my. I'm not going to my mama to get the groceries, especially if I'm the man. <laughs> you understand? We got to grow up now. Can the church say amen? amen? So basic needs, water, are you supplying it? Food, are you supplying it? Air, clean air. Got to change filters. Got to sanitize that thing. Got to watch mold. Got to watch mold. We live in Florida. Sometimes hurricanes come. Right now, New York is bearing down because they're not used to that. They're not used to having 75 mile an hour winds come up off the shore. This is what we do. But after the storm is gone, you better check and make sure the air is clean. You know why? Because that air will start breeding mold if it's damp. Now you're breathing in some type of, of organism, a living organism that's not healthy for your lungs. These are basic needs. And then shelter for survival. So if anybody's missing any one of those things, if a kid goes to school, and they're hungry, they're not going to be able to perform well. Or if the air is not clean, they're not going to be able to listen to the teacher and focus. Or if they didn't have a good diet, had a lot of sugar, whole lot of sugar, 
They're not going to be able to sit down and rest. They're going to be moving a lot. And then you want to spank them because they can't function. They're not doing what you tell them to do, but they're overloaded with too much sugar. Then they catch diabetes when they're in their 20s. But we've been running for Jesus a long time and we're not tired yet. We need a little bit more knowledge. Maslow has uh, seven basic fundamental needs. Seven basic fundamental needs. Number one, safety and survival. These are basic needs. Number two, an understanding and growth. Everybody has a need for safety and survival and then for understanding and growth. Basic needs. To be understood. That means we have to be in a situation where when somebody's talking to us, we're listening so we can catch what they're saying and it's not going over our head. This is basic. This is basic. One of the things I try to do with my family is, is that when I'm talked to, if I'm talked to, I try to give my undivided attention. Even when I'm liking law and order. <laughs> I like law and order. And sometimes... <laughs> My family wants to talk to me while law and order is going on. Or when I'm watching the news. I'm watching the news. And they just come in and start talking. But what I try to do now, I try to do is hard. But I try to give my attention when I'm talked to. I just want you to try. That is, pull back for a moment. What did you say? What did you say? Oh, okay. I didn't hear you. I was distracted. This is a basic need. This is basic. People need to be understood. And they need that understanding for growth. In other words, the more you can understand or the more the person feels like they're understood, the more they'll grow. What if it's not there? What if people are talking but nobody's listening? Here's the third one. Connection. Now we're moving from basic, we're moving into psychological need. And that is connection. Everybody needs love. Everybody needs to be accepted. That's psych psychological. So if you don't feel love, if you don't feel accepted, you're missing something. Even if you're a member of a church. Here's another psychological need, contribution and creation. Contribution and creation. Not only does a person need to contribute, but they need someone to contribute to them in a relationship. And then creation. In other words, create something new. It has to come out of the, uh, the norm. It has to step into something that's more dy dynamic and vibrant. Use your creative juices. Psychologically, you need that. Here's another psychological need. We need esteem. And the better your esteem is, the greater your identity is. The greater your identity. And a sense of significance takes place. A sense of significance. No wonder how many people come to the house of God and say, I don't feel connected. I just don't know about that church. I don't have a clue. You've never understood your need. And then you got to understand, it is not my job to meet everybody's need. God will supply. 
all of your need according to his riches and glory. But you got to give him a chance. <laughs> Esteem, identity, and significance. I can talk about them all, all three of them, but I need to move on. And then here we go to the next level, the third and final level. It's called self-fulfillment. Self-fulfillment. And so to get self-fulfillment, you talked about basic, then psychological. Now self-fulfillment, you need to also understand self-direction. In other words, you don't need somebody else to wake you up so you can go to work. You have to have determination within you to do that. You have to take control of your life. The first form of government is not federal. The first form of government is self-governance. It is when you can manage yourself. One of the reasons why we do what we do in church and, and as parents, we're trying to raise them up so they can make decisions and then take responsibility for those decisions. So self-direction, autonomy. You want to be in charge of your life? You got it. But you also have to pay for your bills. You have to pay for your mistakes you have to pay for what you didn't know maybe you didn't know the speed limit was 45 you riding 70 i didn't know but it doesn't matter if you don't know you should have been looking at the signs if you got your license you're responsible for your speed a woman was just killed by a little toddler because she had the gun out and little baby picked up the gun And accidentally shot her mother. This just happened this week, this past week. Now who's responsible for that? The baby? You had the baby, okay? But maybe you didn't know, maybe you didn't know the laws about carrying a firearm, that the firearm should be locked, and you should have a key there, and you should have everything secure when you have this. These are the laws of the land. Maybe you didn't know. But when you move in this dimension, you're responsible for it. Why would the baby have access to that anyway? You got too much power around you and you don't even know what you're doing. You can't even govern yourself. Why are you having children then? So you're going to blame who? This had nothing to do with police violence. If you have diamonds, you better get a safe. Don't trust neighbors, don't trust cousins, don't trust nobody around your stuff. Oh, I got gold, I got diamonds, you better have a safe and lock it up. Don't trust cousins, second cousins, third cousins, don't trust uncles, don't trust nobody. Don't trust neighbors around your stuff if it's precious, if it's precious to you. You need to lock it up. If it has value, you need, who's responsible if it's stolen and you don't have a, a safe in your house? I recommend liberty. <laughs> liberty, 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 liberty safe. I recommend liberty safe. Get one. And you want to get a safe. You want to pay the money for it. Pay 2000 for it. Get the money for the safe. You know why? Because you, the safe is about protecting what you have. In other words, if your house burned down, you still want the valuables to survive. 90 minutes the, 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 of heat is still survived because that safe protects it. Not only can they break in, but if there's fire, it won't burn up the stuff that's on the inside. If you value it, you will safe it. 
If you value your family, you won't just, you're going to save it. You're just not going to let stuff go. You're going to step up in there and say what you need to say and do what you need to do and be on site, not ex facto, like you could be in another city while you're in a town. You need to be on the job, in presence. You need to make sure you're looking at what you need to look at. You're saying what you need to say. You're touching what you need to touch. And you need to be on meeting the need in the lives of hurting people. Self-fulfillment is so important. We will never grow up and start businesses and thrive if we don't have these things in place. And so what we've been trying to do is preach people, preach them to get on the altar and preach them to repent, but not about basic needs, human needs that we have. And that's why I love the round table concept, because we're trying to meet the need in the lives of hurting people. Not one person doing it, because sometimes by giving money, we actually enable a person's bad behavior. We got to start counseling, got to look at what's happening, got to look at it from all angles. So we can get you the best treatment possible. This is the service month. I want you to get involved. Will you suffer with me? I have a mandate on my life. Will you suffer with me? Help me to serve this community. In Genesis 48, verse 15 through 18. The word of the Lord reads like this. Then he blessed Joseph. <laughs> Speaking of his father, he blessed Joseph. The father blessed Joseph and said, may the God before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac walked, the God who has been my shepherd and all my life, all my life to this day. Not only has God been my shepherd, Joseph, uh, Jacob said, but look at verse 16, the angel who has delivered me from harm, may he bless these boys. Now, you see a man here blessing his son, Joseph, but the man has pedigree. The man has ancestry. Not only does he talk about his relationship with God, but his relationship with his fathers, Abraham and Isaac. Then he talks about how God, God used them. He walked with his fathers throughout their mess and their successes. And God, who has been his shepherd all of his life. Then he decrees that an angel was with him as well the angel is capitalized speaking of a manifestation of the of the the, the god hallelujah jesus at times would show up in the old testament he shows up as melchizedek he shows up in the life life of joshua when he's in the plains of jericho with his sword hallelujah with his sword drawn who jesus when Joseph was looking for his brother, a man showed up and said, your brothers are not here, but they've gone there. He's given direction. We believe these are manifestations of the angel capitalized of the Lord who delivered them from all harm. Look at the word. Many of us think we are here today because we got ourselves out. But I'm here to tell you something. You're not here because you got yourself out. You're here because God got you out. Many of us made up, uh, messed up real bad, but God has been working with us. He sent an angel to help us. He sent an angel to take care of us. He sent an angel to work with us. He sent an angel to do stuff that we couldn't do. Hallelujah. And he delivered us from all harm. He said, may that same angel bless the boys. 
Notice when we come down to blessing children, it's not just our blessing, but we have history that we draw from. God, I, may, I made some mistakes. My grandfather made mistakes. My father made some mistakes, but I don't want these mistakes to come out in your life. I need you, the one that helped me to get back. I need him to help you. Glory to God. I feel my help coming on. And the angel who has delivered me, who has delivered me from all harm, may be blessed. May he bless, may he bless these boys. Look at the word. May they be called by my name. May they be called by my name. Here you see adoption. Ephraim and Manasseh had no, they had no heritage. They were born in Egypt, were born in the world. And Joseph knew that if they're going to be a part of the line that was blessed, he had to take them back to his father. Though he was the governor of Egypt, glory to God, and had all of the prestige in the world, he knew that he needed his father's blessing if he's going to move forward. So he brought the boys back and notice what Jacob is saying. May they be called by my name. In other words, I'm passing my pedigree to them. I'm passing my inheritance to them. I'm passing my knowledge to them. I'm passing the glory to them. I'm passing, hallelujah, the anointing that's on my life. I'm passing it to them. Look at the word. And the names of my fathers, Abraham and Isaac, and may they increase greatly upon the world. How many of us want to see our children grow? Glory to God. Well, there's a blessing from the angel, verse 16 of the Lord, who delivers us out of all harm. If you know him, you can receive and transfer the blessing to your seed. Glory to God. Look at verse 17. Then Joseph saw his father placing his right hand on Ephraim's head, and he was displeased. So he took hold of his father's hand to move it from Ephraim's head. To Manasseh's head. Look at verse 18. Joseph said to him, No, my father, this one is the firstborn. Put your right hand on his head. And sometimes we interfere with what God is trying to do. We think we're smart parents. Notice Joseph is the parent of these two boys, but he has no clue of the blessing of the Lord. And sometimes as parents, we can stand in the way of God blessing our children. Hallelujah. God knows more about your house than you know. And God knows more about your family than you know. You got to push them in the presence of God. You got to get them in the presence of God and then trust God to work with this stuff. When you get them in the presence of God, sometimes there's a crossover. Sometimes there's a crossover. Joseph understood protocol, but he didn't understand crossover. He didn't understand, he didn't understand the sovereignty of God. That God chooses one and will lift up one. And he brings down one and he'll lift up another. Glory to God. Sometimes we want to fix it, but God is not concerned about what you want. He's concerned about his will. Woo, Jesus. Glory to God. I don't know who I'm preaching to today, but I'm here to tell you, glory to God, that God sometimes will lay his hands on an right hand on an Ephraim, glory to God, and his left hand on a Manasseh. But notice, both of them are going to be blessed. 
both of them are going to be blessed. Don't interfere with God when he's dealing with your children. Don't interfere with God when he's dealing with your children. If you let God do it, it'll save a life. Ooh, Jesus. When you step in the midst of it and you don't let God do it, you could be killing them before time. You got to let God work with them. He loves them. Oh, Jesus. Ah. Ooh, he loves them. You see the heart of the father when Jacob is speaking to the boy. He never saw him before. He never saw him before. They were born in the, in, in the wilderness. I'm sorry, born in Egypt. They, they had paint on their faces. They, 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 had, they had different garb on. It wasn't the Canaanite dress. It's just like new people coming into the church today. They may not be dressed like we dress. They're not going to look like we look. They all tattooed up. But don't mess with them. Glory to God. God may want to bless them anyway. God may want to cross over and pull them out of hell and high water. You don't know what they went through when they were out there. You don't know what they saw while they were kids. Let them get into the house of the Lord so God can bless them. Here you see religion trying to stop God's move. Religion. No, it's got the firstborn's got to have the right hand. For these, it's different. They weren't born in church. They weren't born in church. They were born in a place that believed in snakes. They believed that all things had gods. They believed that, that cows were God and crocodiles were God. They saw the sphinx and they saw they, they saw the pyramids. They even saw them being built. They they understood technology, but they didn't know God. They were real smart, but they didn't know God. They looked good, had themselves painted up, but they didn't know God. They, they had a problem with their sexuality, but they didn't know God. Hallelujah. But God was trying to bring them into a place. Hallelujah. To change their destiny. And sometimes we can get in the way of what God is trying to do in our families. Ooh, Jesus. If you look at the heart of Jacob. They will be called by my name now. That's identity. He's meeting a need in the lives of these boys who had no true identity. Jacob, uh, Joseph couldn't raise him the way he wanted because he was carried by Pharaoh into a top position. Even when the boys were born, he had to come out of governing the nation to go home to just to, to view them. He was busy taking care of the world's needs. The boys had no identity. They had no psychological connection. Hallelujah. And God is trying to correct that by bringing them into the form or into the place or the proximity into the presence of a father. So the boys would have identity. <sighs> you read on. Jacob let, I, I don't have time to go there, but Jacob let Joseph know you may be the governor of Egypt, but I'm the father and I'm the prophet. And when I say something, you need to back up and stop trying to use your authority up in here. God has given me the, the knowledge. He's blessed me in the land of my affliction. And I, when I prophesy over these boys, it's going to come to pass. And you'll never see a tribe of Joseph. You'll never see a tribe of jo Joseph, but even today, there's a tribe of Ephraim and Manasseh. 
You'll never see Joseph having a lineage. Hallelujah. God knew what he was doing. Joseph was a type of Christ that would come on the scene to redeem the people and then go off the scene. And those two boys began to feel the gap of Israel. Glory to God. And Ephraim is there now. And Manasseh is there now because Jacob blessed the boys. And if you want longevity in your life, you got to let God be God. Ah, Jesus. Ooh, Jesus. Deuteronomy chapter 8. Deuteronomy chapter 8. I read to you out of the book of Genesis talking about Joseph and his son, his sons, but also his grandfather. Please don't interfere with God when he's dealing with your family. Let him do it. Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 3. He humbled you. Causing you to hunger and then feeding you with manna. Which neither you nor your fathers have known. In other words, God did stuff for you that your daddy and your mama didn't even dream of. I don't know why you're arrogant. God did more in you, for you in your life, than your father ever saw. They had no knowledge of it. Fathers had not known to teach you that man does not live by bread alone. In other words, God says, the reason why I pluck you out of the pedigree, the reason why I save you, the reason why you're not like them is because I'm trying to teach you one lesson. That man should not live by food and stuff and bread alone or basic needs alone. But he need to live. By the word of God. He's not to live by bread alone. But every word. That comes from the mouth of the Lord. Now maybe you didn't understand it until now. <coughs> but God wants you to understand. That the reason why you prosper. Is not so you can sit on the throne. It's for you to say. God you brought me so far. All the stuff that my father and grandfather did, ah, I was even going in the same route, down the same road, and you blessed me. You blessed me real good. But you're not supposed to sit on the throne. You just got to transfer it back. There has to be a reciprocal relationship. God, you did this for me, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk to you now. You did it so I wouldn't say I live by bread alone. You met my physical needs, but I need to live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That means you need to be reading the Bible. You need to have word in you. You need to be able to rehearse some things. Look at verse 4. Your clothes did not wear out and your feet did not swell during 40 years. In other words, I kept you from most sicknesses. You didn't experience desperate. Why not you? Is it just because you did everything right? No. I did it so you would say I, didn't live, I can't live by bread alone. But by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And if anybody in this room is semi-successful. Your success is not to cause you to sit back in complacency. You're supposed to turn it back to God. God give me a word. A word for my future. 
a word for my family. So we see here needs have been met, basic needs met. Not so you can say, okay, I can spend my money the way I want. But what can I do for God? In Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 15. Look at the patriot Nehemiah, who serves the king with a cup. This is how his ministry began. Not with college or college degree. His ministry began by taking a cup and serving a heathen king. Minuscule. Uh, entry level employment. I got all of this knowledge and I'm stuck walking around with a cup and I got to hold this cup until you want something. But his future is tied to the way he serves it. Some of us, when we have to do stuff like that, serve, we want to rule, but we don't understand your rulership is tied to the way you serve. You got to start seeing that there's value in the cup. You don't waste it. You don't waste it. It ain't my drink. Wasting it everywhere, a trail of juice on the floor because you don't know how to handle it. Even if you're frustrated, even if a dog is biting your leg and somebody say something to you funny and your wife hurts your feelings, you got to hold that cup, man. You got to hold that cup. You got to hold it. And don't waste a drop. And serve it to the king properly. And when you serve it properly, favor will come to you. Not only you, but your family and your people. What we do is say, because it's hidden, nobody see me serve. I don't have to serve well. Look at him now in verse 9, chapter 9, verse 15. In their hunger, he's rehearsing to the nation what God did for the nation years ago. In their hunger, you gave them bread for he from heaven. And in their thirst, you brought them water from the rock. <laughs> you told them to go in and take possession of the land. You have sown with uplifted head, hands to give them. Now notice, Nehemiah is telling them, not only did he give you food and he gave you water, but your water came from a rock. <laughs> Let me just prophesy to you. Some of you are about to get some funds from unexpected places. <laughs> some of you are about to get a flow. It's unnatural. It's not even supposed to come from it. It's not even supposed to come, but God is about to release water from a rock. Glory to God. People look at that rock and say, there's nothing but a rock. I can stand on it. I can build something on it, but God said, I'm going to let flow come from it. That which will water you for your next season. And you mean to tell me you're not going to give him glory? You're not going to give him praise. Watch what I tell you. Something is coming down the pipe, glory to God. Water is coming from rocks, and you didn't pay for it. But God's going to give you favor. Ooh, Jesus. Paul took, turned around in the book of Corinthians and said the rock that the water came out was Christ manifested in the wilderness. Ooh, Jesus. 
And what you need to see, anytime God bless you with funds that you didn't earn, you got to start saying, Jesus gave me that. Anytime God bless you with stuff that you didn't know how you were going to get it, you got to start saying, Jesus blessed me with that. That flow coming out of this unexpected place, ah, I know the government's check says this, but Jesus blessed me with that. Come on, offer up a praise to the Lord for his goodness. Our last passage, Psalm 41. He will supply all of your need according to his riches and glory. He's earmarked it. He's got enough in reserve to take care of your stuff. Psalm 41, verse 1. Blessed is he who has regard for the weak. Ah. The Lord delivers him in times of trouble. In other words, when you have regard for those who are less fortunate, that's just a heart issue. You haven't done anything yet. But if you just regard them, you don't shun them, you don't walk away and act like they're nothing. The Bible says the Lord delivers him in times of trouble. You can expect deliverance to come. And I don't know if you know it or not, but all of us need to be delivered. It took a thousand angels working on your behalf to move stuff out of the way, to make sure there was no accidents from last night to this morning so you could be in church on time. If we saw what the devil was planning to do to all of us, if you could see his plans, his strategies, how he's, he's sitting there thinking about how he's going to strip you of everything you have. Yet God said, no, hallelujah. That's my daughter. That's my son. And I'm not going to let you do anything to them. I want them to grow. I want them to get my word. I want them to live another day, another week, another month, another year, another 10 years, another decade, another century. I'm not going to let you take them out now. I curse death in the name of Jesus. If you only knew what God had to move out of the way, you'll give him glory. Ah, Jesus. If you saw as many caskets as I've seen, you would know if we're sitting here today, we have to give him glory. We have to give him praise. We have to say thank you, Lord. It could have been me, Lord, but I thank you. Let me curse COVID in the name of the Lord. I come against the spirit of COVID. I come against the virus in Jesus' name. I rebuke you off of the people of God. You will have no hold on God's people. You will not take one out in the name of Jesus. We block, we, we block you with the blood of Jesus. We put the blood over the doorposts. We believe that the blood, if you see the blood, he'll pass over. And we declare that the blood is greater than you you can't take out our children you can't take out our teachers you can't stop us from having church you won't stop us glory to God from working with our families the blood of Jesus is against you now ah. come on help me rebuke the devil I come against the spirit of fear Woo. ah I said I come against the spirit of fear. 
Glory to God. That's a need that God is meeting. A need that he's meeting. Fear will not dictate how we flow. Glory to God. Blessed is he who regards, who has regards for the weak. And the Lord, the Lord delivers him in times of trouble. I like verse 2. The Lord will protect him. We got a need to be protected and preserve his life. And preserve his life. I decree long life and prosperity. He will bless him in the land. In the land of the living. And not surrender him to the desires of his foes. Glory to God. If you don't know it or not, there are people who don't like your prosperity and they don't want you to prosper. They want to hear a bad report about you. But notice what the Lord says. He will bless him or her in the land that they're living in. Not when you're dead, when you're alive. And not surrender you to the desires of your enemies. When we don't have the right heart, sometimes God will allow us to be surrendered to the desires of the people who don't like you. But when your heart is right before the Lord, he will protect you from their desire. And their desire is for you to fall. They're waiting to hear that you couldn't make it. You couldn't make it without me. And I rebuke that in the name of the Lord Jesus by the authority of the Holy Spirit that's rising up in me. I cancel the contract that's on your life, that's on your head. God says you will live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. I like verse 3. The Lord will sustain him on his sickbed. In other words, if you get sick, I'm not going to let you die. I'm preaching to somebody who just got a disease report. COVID just showed up. But God said he's not going to allow you to die. Be afraid, man. Get it out. The Lord will sustain him on his sick bed. You don't need to be afraid, man. Get in the house of God. Because God will sustain you. Stand up in your faith. Look at the word and restore him from his bed. Of illness, somebody better catch that and proclaim it over your loved ones who are catching COVID. The Lord will sustain him on his sickbed and restore him from the bed, his bed of illness. Every one of us has a bed of illness specific to us. What only made you sneeze may kill me. What made you cough may be devastating to me because I have my own bed of illness. But God says your particular bed of illness, he won't allow the illness to take you out. Hallelujah. And I decree that in the name of the Lord Jesus. I said I decree it over your life in the name of the Lord Jesus. And my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. By Christ Jesus. Clap your hands all ye people. Everybody come on. Everybody should be praising. Come on receive the blessing of the Lord. Come on receive the blessing of the Lord. 
You see the blessing of the Lord. He's blessing you this morning. You can't feel it. He's blessing you this morning. You can't see it. He didn't allow the enemy to take you out. He's blessing you this morning. There is a slow drizzle. Sometimes there's a hard rain, but I see a mist in here today. Lift your hands and receive from the Lord. Thank you, Lord. There's a slow drizzle. Receive it. It's going to wet you, sodden you, soak up the glory of God. That's right, girl. This drizzle is for you, Susan. This drizzle is for you, Susan. I see it. Hallelujah. Joseph, this drizzle is for you. Hallelujah. Receive from the Lord. Hallelujah. It's not a hard rain. It's a slow drizzle. I see the Shekinah and the glory coming upon the people of God. You will not die this week. You will hear of death. And it's going to pass you. Glory to God. You're going to hear bad reports around. But it's going to pass you. Because of what God is doing in your life right now. Thank you Jesus. Come on tell him thank you. Come on give him praise. Tell him thank you. Thank you Lord. Thank you, 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 Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, Jesus. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your presence. Need you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Pastor Clark, come here. Take my oil, please. I need to do something. I'm going to anoint Pastor Clark, and all he's going to do is walk down the aisle, and he's going to touch everyone closest to him on the hand, and you're just going to pass that oil down. God is going to cover this church. It has been a real joy to share the Word of God with you. A special thank you to those who care for this ministry. No amount of financial support is too small. It is because of you. This ministry is possible. To support us, go to our website at truthrevealed.org. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and share with friends. Be sure to tag us when you share at Trim Nation One. Thanks again for listening. And until next time, I'll see you at the Word of Truth Revealed.